Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC. John Coleman. What's up? Fired up, yo. I know. I Fired can, up and yeah. ready to go. You have the helmets on, even though it's like... Yeah. I was trying to drop a little uh, was it 50 cent, and you're like, yeah, that sounds good if you're just on beat. And on tone, but you know, and there's something tone. to work on. There's nowhere to go but up from here. <laughs> there's nowhere to go but up. And uh, hey, today's episode is going to be all about going up. I see that. In terms of house hacking, becoming your first step to becoming a real estate mogul. Okay. Learn to house hack. House hacking. Yeah, house hacking. Look, we promise listeners, I know the show is called The Loan Officer Podcast. Mm-hmm. Please know that that name is because deep down at my core, I am a mortgage loan originator, a.k.a. a loan officer. Yep. But this show is for everybody. Everybody. It is, it is everything you should have learned in high school but didn't. Yep. Because why? You either wasn't taught or you weren't paying attention in class. Correct. Usually it's because it wasn't taught. These are conversations that aren't normally had at the dinner table. Hell, how many people do you know either today or 30 years ago when you were growing up that actually sat down every night for a family dinner? No, none. Very few. Very few. Okay. We're going to bring the conversations that you should have been having at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. You should have learned in high school. Possibly you should have learned in college, but it wasn't taught. Right. And one of those is house hacking. Okay. Now, the show is called The Loan Officer Podcast. If you are tuning in for the first time, you're probably watching us on YouTube. If you're not watching our YouTube channel, which is the loan at the Loaners Podcast, then you're probably listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else where you can find podcasts, Google, etc. Yep. At the Loan Officer Podcast. Yep. And you can follow us on social. We are at the Loan Officer Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, <clears throat> and I am Dustin Owen on LinkedIn. There you go. All right. You're getting good at that. Just like your intro, you're getting good at yes. rattling it off. Hey, and if you like what we do, please share it. Yeah. If you like what we do, please tell other people yep. to tune in, subscribe, give a thumbs up, and we're always open to suggestions, and we love your comments. Always. In fact, John Coleman does a phenomenal job of monitoring the comments and replying to just about every single one. Mm-hmm. I don't think you've batted a thousand, Mm-mm. but you're pretty damn close. There's some strategic, uh, you know, things that leave blank. Okay. But yeah, but yeah. Very good. I see them we all. We even answered a question when someone, like talked about hearing about a real estate agent in California buying a Ferrari. Right. Yeah, and yeah. like, hey, is that a good idea? Should I buy a Ferrari to impress people? Mm-hmm. And my knee-jerk reaction was, that's a douchebag move. It is. And you're like, well, can I post that? I'm like, I don't know. Does YouTube allow the word douchebag? Yeah. And you're like, they should. Yeah. And then you said two other people have commented, yeah, yeah, like, well, why? Well, why? Yeah. And I replied back, and the kid they replied back and said, thank you. It makes sense. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I, think my, I think our answer yeah. was, it's a douchebag move because it's, it's not authentic. Yeah. It's, you're not being you. Yeah, you build business on the personality, not what kind of car you drive. Yeah. I would think, I would think but. Yeah, but I mean, and here's the thing. If you're not the type of person who is going to go out and buy a Ferrari, then you're doing so in a false pretense. Correct. Yeah, don't, don't do business also, that way. Also, check the papers, man. I don't know if he owns it. Also, we owe a shout-out to the listener that said, hey, can you give a shout-out to that mortgage? Remember? Out, yes, out, but out, did you write it down? I mean, I have the notes here. Don't, yeah, the notes there? Don't at me. I mean, yeah, we'll talk through it later. We'll do that. We'll, we'll talk through it later, but yes. Yes, we have a listener out of Nashville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, works for a small independent mortgage bank. He's like, hey, man, love your show. Yeah. I love my new company. Would you give him a shout-out? We're like, oh, yeah, we'll give him a shout-out. Yeah, we'll give him a shout-out. We just have to remember who the, who the company is. <laughs> right. Hey, next time, come prepare, John. I will. Hey, I came prepared for this episode. I know you did. You saw me. I know. Normally, we put about, I don't know, 90 seconds of prep time before if, we sit down. If that. Yeah, I spent nine minutes on this one. I was concerned. That's I what. spent nine minutes because I just have to make sure I have my eyes dotted and my T's crossed. Okay. And I'm going to preface everything that we're going to teach and talk about over the next however many minutes we choose to do it in Mm -hmm. it is 
to the best of my understanding or my memory, it's going to give you the most concrete, basic concepts, but ultimately guidelines change. What one bank will do, another bank might have what's called a credit overlay. So they might impose their own underwriting standard, which means even if it's allowed, they don't do it. And then things will vary from market to market. You know, like I want to talk about a sustainability test. When someone is purchasing a three or four unit uh, home Mm -hmm. utilizing FHA financing. Well, if you're in central Florida, you may have a hard time passing the sustainability test. But if you're in Akron, Ohio, or Youngstown, Ohio, or Cleveland, Ohio, (laughs) shout out to Ohio. Which, by the way, I heard a rumor on the internet that Ohio's not even going to be... Uh, recognized as a state going forward. What website were you on? Uh, There's a couple memes floating around. Uh, I thought it was funny. I'm sure my buddy Jesse DiGiacomo uh, doesn't find it very funny, but hey. Uh, But no, but if you're in Ohio, maybe the sustainability test is a non-issue. Okay. Right? So like, I don't want to geek out so much that I start worrying people who are trying to purchase a three-unit or a quadruplex a home, mm-hmm. utilize FHA financing. I'm like, oh, but watch out because you're probably going to fail the, the sustainability test. Okay. Just know that there are really quirky guidelines when you're talking about buying multi-unit, one like two to four unit properties mm-hmm. that maybe don't come into play when you're when you're buying a single family residence. Gotcha. All right, but we're going to talk about house hacking. Okay. We're going to talk about how you can purchase homes as your primary residence, mm-hmm. but build out a rental portfolio. Okay. Because think about it. Like we understand from being in this industry and and we've talked about it incessantly on the show that the number one, number two, and number one way and number three way to build wealth in America is how? Home ownership. Through home ownership. And normally we're talking about owning your your own home. Yeah. Right? Your primary residence. That people who own their primary residence are something crazy like 75 times more wealthy than people who don't. Most people's wealth is typically uh, derived from owning their primary home free and clear, mm-hmm. right? Think about it. You buy a $350,000 property today, you spend the next 25 years living in it and paying it off. Mm-hmm. So you go from being 35 years old and now you're 60 years old and your $350,000 home goes from being worth three fifty dollars and now it's worth eight hundred. dollars oh. and you own it free and clear. Yeah. That's an $800,000 asset. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Right? So like, let's say you're able in that time frame to have saved another $750,000 through your 401k, you're now a millionaire. Right, you are now a millionaire versus the person who rented the whole time. They still saved seven hundred fifty grand in their four hundred one k over the, those twenty five year mm-hmm. period of time, but they weren't a millionaire because they didn't. Right. Okay, so we're gonna talk about how we can really hack the housing purchase market. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna start with the most basic. Okay. And I'm just gonna go. Yeah. You slow me down. You no, just go. You, you're wound up. Clearly, I'm wound you're up gonna, and ready yeah, to go. Okay. So here's the first and easiest way when we're talking about house hacking. Okay. Okay. You can go out right now, John Coleman, and you can purchase a primary home. Uh, depending on the market and the geographic area mm-hmm. and, and your underwriting criteria and what you qualify for, uh-huh. you could potentially qualify for a USDA loan to the, uh, and purchase a home, your primary, with 100% financing. Right. You could purchase a home and utilize some form of a down payment assistance where maybe you receive $7,500. Uh, and the loan program only required you to put down 10. So most of your down payment was covered by mm-hmm. by the down payment assistance. So you can buy a primary home. Conventional financing allows you to purchase a home on a 30-year fixed mortgage with as little as 3% down. Hmm. Now, these are homes with sales prices as high as like $550,000 oh, okay. on, on, the, on the conventional loan. Yeah. Okay. If you're a veteran or you're active duty military, you can purchase a home with a sales price all the way up to a million dollars with 100% financing. Put no money down. 
Okay. Um, and then the um, FHA loans through the Department of HUD. FHA only requires a 3.5% down payment, and you could purchase a primary home. In most markets, your max sales price is going to be somewhere around like uh, $365,000, dollars yeah. because they're going to have max loan amounts of roughly $356,000, and if you're only wanting to put 3.5% down, but, but you can do that. Mm -hmm. Now, in certain markets that are high-cost areas, California, New York City, uh, maybe even parts of Miami, it could be higher. Mm -hmm. But just kind of generically speaking, and that's kind of the caveat I throw out, like, hey, I'm going to talk really fast. I'm going to throw some numbers out. Please know that I'm giving you accurate information, but I'm also speaking in generalities. Yeah. Like you're still going to have to contact a local lender, and you're going to want and need to talk to a seasoned professional mortgage loan originator. Yeah. Which, by the way, John, yes. do you know any seasoned professional mortgage loan originators? Have people had like real finite questions as it pertained to their particular that you can maybe refer them to? Absolutely. All right, cool. Hey, look, reach out to John Coleman. Um, you can email him, jcoleman at waterstonemortgage.com. What's the TLOP uh, uh, website? The Loan Officer Podcast at gmail.com. There you go. Uh, John monitors that as well. If you need a good loan officer, let John know. John yeah. can get you uh, in contact with someone yeah. who is actually good and they have access to all of the research that's going to be required mm -hmm. for your particular situation and to answer all your questions. Yep. Okay. So, but we're just talking in generalities that you can get a, veterans can get VA loans with 100% financing. Certain people in certain rural areas can get USDA loans with 100% financing. Conventional loans allow for 3% down. FHA loans allow for 3.5% down. So that's a minimum barrier of entry, right? Yeah. Low, low barrier of entry. Yeah. You could go out and purchase a home today, move into it, live in it, maybe fix it up, right? Maybe get it rental ready. Yeah. And after 12 months or 24 months, however long you needed to get that home rental ready and to save another down payment, you could rent out that house and mm. go buy another house. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But you don't have to sell that house. You could actually rent that house out. You could get a 12-month lease agreement. You originally bought the home as your primary, and you right. did move in. Because, right. look, if you don't move in and you buy it as a primary home, yeah. you told your lender this is a primary home, but you never moved into it, you just committed what's called fraud. Yeah, and the it. FBI does not like that. Yeah. And they send people to jail for committing fraud. Right. So you never want to commit fraud. Right. But you can buy a primary home. 3% down conventional, 3.5% down FHA, 0% mm -hmm. down USDA, 0% down VA. Mm -hmm. You can buy as a primary, move into it, mm -hmm. and a year later, you could go buy another house as a primary and keep the one that you had just purchased a year prior right. and rent it out. So you would have two mortgages at that point, is that correct? You will have two mortgages, but you have a renter already in, right. and hopefully your rent is at a minimum covering your overhead. Gotcha. Right, your mortgage payment is sixteen hundred. You rent the home for eighteen hundred. You're going to have some some cost when you own a home. Mm -hmm. So essentially, you're breaking even on that. Mm -hmm. And, but what you are gaining is roughly four thousand to six thousand dollars a year of your principal yeah. is being paid down. Yep. And hopefully, your home is appreciating by two and a half to four and a half percent on an annual basis. Yep. So that two hundred fifty thousand dollar home is now worth roughly, if I'm doing some quick math, uh, $263,000 and your mortgage payment's been paid down five grand. Yeah. The next year, your home goes up another 3%. So it goes from three from 262 to 277 mm -hmm. and your mortgage payment got paid down another five or six grand. Right. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. You're now living in house number two and maybe house number two 
you possibly, if you're a veteran active duty military, depending on your entitlement, you possibly could have purchased that home as utilizing a VA. Mm -hmm. Not many people know that, but you can technically have two VA home loans at the same time. Oh, okay. uh, but you have to check your entitlement. You have to see how much entitlement you used originally right. and then how much do you have left. Um, you may or may not be able to use another FHA loan. FHA does not like or allow homeowners, borrowers to have two FHA mortgages in the same geographic region. Mm. So you'd probably only get a new, a new FHA loan if you moved from like Orlando, Florida to Atlanta because your company transferred you. Okay. Well, you could keep your home in Orlando, rent it out, and possibly, possibly get a new FHA loan. Uh, up in Atlanta in this in this situation, but the FHA may have certain criteria that you need to adhere to. Uh, that criteria may require looking at your equity position in the home that you're vacating. Right. Okay, so okay. The, again, there's details. There's there's a reason why if you want to do this, you need to have a great loan officer in your back <laughs> right. pocket. That's also why the show is called the Loan Officer Podcast. We all need a great loan officer in our back pocket. Yeah. LOs know their stuff and they know people. Yeah. So. So like they know the loan business, but they also know how to get you in contact with like, I just had a loan officer, true story, a loan officer who was on this show once. Okay. We featured this person. Mm -hmm. He just helped one of his clients secure a massive business investment because of another client. Mm -hmm. So he had a client who had this great business opportunity, but was about a million dollars short right. of the funding required. Okay. And the loan officer was like, well, wait a minute. I had this client over here who's extremely wealthy. And loves to invest mm. in in startup businesses. Who's the middleman in that? Yeah, the, the loan, loan officer. officer. That's what I'm he saying. put two and two together. So right. yeah, so like it's called the LO podcast because you need a loan officer in your back pocket. Yeah. Anyone tuning in who wants to house hack, if you don't have a good loan officer in your back pocket, you need to get one. Right. If you don't know how to get one, call John Coleman, <laughs> yeah. reach out to him. He'll be able to hook you up. Yeah. All right. So back on the house hacking. This is the most easy way to do it is when you buy one single family. You live in it for 12 to 24 months, mm -hmm. and then boom, you go buy a second one. Right. So like I was talking about, well, look, it, you know, if you're trying to use VA for your first and then VA for your second, it can be done, but know that there's stipulations. Okay. If you used FHA for your first home purchase and you're vacating that property and trying to buy another home, if you want to use VA, please know there's stipulations around it. Okay. It's not that it's impossible, but, but please know that it might not be possible for your situation. But what is possible is a conventional loan. Okay. So you could have purchased your first home. VA, USDA, FHA, conventional 3% down. And a year or two later, you want to go buy your second home, mm -hmm. you could do another conventional loan. Okay. You could put your 5% down now, 10% mm. down, whatever it is that, that you had. The reason why I always say it's going to take one or two years is I'm assuming not everyone is just flush with cash. Right, you're in so at some point, you're going to need and want to save for the next down payment, the next set of closing costs, mm -hmm. right? Because the down payment is going to be roughly 5%. Closing costs are another 3% on top of that. Yeah, you so if you're buying a $300,000 property, because hopefully each time you're stepping up or you're moving up, well, 8% on 300 grand is $24,000. Yeah. So it's going to take most people a couple, of years. a couple of years to raise that type of capital. And something to keep in mind too is like you want to be fiscally responsible at all times in life. Like although these are called housing hacks, we don't want to call it uh, balls to the wall, um, let's go crazy, right. and let's do things that are stupid or irresponsible. Yeah. So we still want to be business-minded, mm -hmm. and we want to make sure that we're always being not risk-adverse, but we're, we're putting in stopgaps. Right. Okay, so something I would teach and recommend is if you're going to house hack like this, make sure you're not only saving the minimum required for down payment and closing costs for the new purchase, but you have six months of mortgage payments. 
set aside on the home that you're vacating. Mm. The home that you're vacating, make sure you have six months of mortgage payments. So if your mortgage payment's 1500 a month, then six times that is nine grand. So not only do, do you want to have the 5% down for, for down payment, the 3% for closing costs, but you also are going to want to have six months of mortgage payments on the home you're vacating or $9,000. So in this case, the person originally bought a home for 250. Two years later, they're buying a step-up home for, yeah. for 300. Then they're going to need their down payment and closing costs, roughly 24 grand on that home. Plus the smart, prudent thing to do is to have six months of cash reserves. Even if you have to go open a separate account, like whether you bank at Chase or the credit union at Wells Fargo, you go there and say, hey, I need to open up a second or a third checking account. And you name that one XYZ Main Street. Uh, okay? Yeah. But just imagine if you did this over the next five to seven to 10 years. If you did it every two years, every two years you bought a new primary. Mm -hmm. Okay? Well, in just five years, you own, I'm sorry, just 10 years, yeah. you own five homes. That's crazy. You own five homes at point each home you're putting down somewhere between zero and 10%. That's crazy. Yep. All you had to do is make sure you have, had enough money for the down payment and the closing cost. You had a renter in the, yeah. uh, the, the home you're vacating. Usually it's a 12 month lease. You want to have a 12 month executed lease. You also want to be able to show the, the, the bank or the lender for the new mortgage you're now obtaining that you've also received, um, some kind of payment, uh, security deposit mm -hmm. first month, last month, mm -hmm. you know, it's legit. You're not out there committing fraud. Right. Yeah. But like, that's the easiest house hack. That's crazy. Now, like one of my fun house hacks is similar, but man, if you could figure out a way, if you could figure out a way to buy a house at 2021, even if mom and dad had a cosign for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you were the borrower, you had good enough credit to, to at least, uh, get on a loan, but maybe you didn't have proof of income because maybe you're bouncing at the local country bar or you're an Uber driver, you're a bartender, whatever the case may be. Cause you're, you know, early in life, early in your career, right. maybe, maybe you're in school, Yeah. but mom and dad believe in you. Mom and dad are going to co-sign. You could go purchase a property right now, four bedroom, two bath house, put your three and a half percent down then rent the three bedrooms to your three best friends. You're going to live together anyhow. You're 20 years old, yeah. right? You're going to, so, so go ahead and, and rent, but your mortgage payment might be $1,600 a month and you're renting each room for like, 600. Yeah, that's what I'm so it's $1,800 coming in. You're living rent free yeah. and your buddies who you're going to live with anyhow are paying off your mortgage. There you go. And you own this asset that's going up in value. Even if you only do that until you're 25, because at 25, you fall in love and your future wife, looks at you and says, yo, you, we need I love your boys, but they got to go, but they got to go. Yeah. Okay, cool. But now you just went from a single income household to a dual income household anyhow. Mm -hmm. So future wife is going to kick into the bills anyhow. Mm, there you go. Right. But you just went five years where you bought a home for 250 in five years. If your home just appreciated by roughly 5% per year. You're looking at your home's worth well over 300 grand and your buddies have paid down your mortgage by 25 grand. Damn. You're $75,000 more wealthy mm. at 25 because you worked with your parents to have them help co-sign mm -hmm. for a home. You purchased a home. You rented out the four bedroom house. You rented out the three bedrooms to your best friends for 600 bucks a month. There you go. And you guys split utilities and split lawn, lawn care. Right. Well, yeah, split. I would make them do it, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, so like that's that's a house hack. Yeah. Now let's think about this. We haven't talked about about uh, getting into um, two-unit, three-unit, and four-unit. No, we haven't, but oh. I know you're about to tell us. These same concepts. These same exact concepts. 
do you know, John Coleman, that you can go out and purchase a duplex? That's two units, mm-hmm. right? Usually it's a two-bedroom, two-bath on one side, two-bedroom, two-bath on the other side. Mm-hmm. But you could purchase a duplex with 3.5% down. Mm, I did not know that. Yeah, FHA allows for that, right? You could purchase a duplex with 0% down to go in VA. What? Yeah, VA is going to allow you to do a triplex and a quadruplex. By the way, anything over a fourplex is con- considered commercial. So no residential lender, which is what we know, mm-hmm. what we do here at Waterstone Mortgage and what we teach and mm-hmm. talk about. Once you go over five units, those are called apartments, and that's a commercial loan. Mm-hmm. Whole different bowl of wax. Mm-hmm. Way harder to qualify for. Mm-hmm. But what I'm talking about is a residential loan will allow you to do a, a single unit. Let's see their townhome, condo, mobile home, uh, single family, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Two unit, which is a duplex. Three unit, triplex. Tri- yeah. How about this? A four unit? Quadruplex. Quadruplex. Yep. Um, and, and and as you go up to the, the, the more units, like we talked about a little bit earlier, I briefed on like certain loans have max loan sizes. Uh-huh. So like in most areas, the maximum loan amount for an FHA loan is a little bit over $356,000. But if you're buying a duplex, it goes up to 456000 If you're buying a triplex, it goes up to 551000 And a quadruplex, $685,000. Damn. Yeah. Potentially, again, you have to qualify and you have to meet, especially with FHA, their sustainability test, mm-hmm. which sometimes in some markets is difficult to do on the tri and the quadruplexes. But you could, you could buy a one unit and a two unit FHA, 3.5% down. So one unit would be just your normal single-family mm-hmm. home, condo, townhome. Two unit would be your duplex. Now, if you are going to a triplex or a quadruplex, FHA is going to want a little bit more skin in the game. They want 15% down. Mm. Now, they'll let you go up to a higher loan size, but they want you to put for you to put more money down. Mm-hmm. Now, VA, uh-uh. They're cool, 100% financing. Really? As long as you qualify. Now, something to be cognizant of, VA very well might want to see that you are you have um, experience. You have experience as a landlord. Mm. That may be something that either they require or the lender who's lending you the money but utilizing VA's backing would require. Okay. Or some kind of experience that's similar. Mm -hmm. Okay, so but maybe you you save your – if you're doing this house hack thing and you want to utilize your VA benefits, maybe you use buying a triplex or a quadruplex after you've already done this, utilizing FHA and conventional, right? Like, you know, if you get really creative and savvy, you can sit down and kind of plan out your master plan. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like roadmap it out. Yeah. Yeah. You could could totally roadmap it out. And that's where, again, like, this is nine minutes of research. This is 17 years of experience (laughs) coupled with nine minutes (laughs) of research, right? If you're really interested in doing this, you should probably have a serious half hour phone call. Mm-hmm. with a mortgage loan originator where you talk to them in depth about your income and your assets and they can pull your credit and see your credit history. Mm-hmm. And really at that point, they can research the latest and greatest guidelines. Cause look, I don't know what, what, what happens more. My niece changing the color of her hair or mortgage underwriting guidelines yeah, changing, right? Yeah. Cause they both happen weekly. <laughs> I love you, Sierra. Shout out to my niece, Sierra. Um, but, uh, but she does. I mean, she's early twenties and she absolutely loves having fun with the, the hair dye. There you go. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so I, I caveat that, that, hey, look, I'm going to try to give it to the best, but you do need to pick up the phone. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was talking about the, the loan sizes. So if you're going to conventional, like I said earlier, the maximum loan size to, to, for a loan to be deemed conventional would be in most areas, the non-high-cost areas, it's uh, $548,250. Okay. That's for a single unit. But you go to a duplex, it goes to seven oh two. You go to a triplex, it's $848,000. Mm-hmm. 
a quadruplex over a million dollars. Over a million dollars. Now, but conventional is going to do this. Conventional is going to be totally cool with you putting your your minimum down payment. So on a primary home, mm-hmm. by the way, I keep on talking about a primary. The house hack works when you consistently buy a new property every 12 to 24 months as a primary. Okay. So you buy something as a primary. You then, after a year or two, convert it to a rental and go buy another primary. Mm-hmm. Then after a year or two, convert that one into a rental. Now you have mm-hmm. two rentals and buy a third primary. Mm-hmm. After a year or two, convert that into a rental. Now you have a fourth primary. Or you, have a four, you have a fourth property, which yeah. is your primary, and three rentals. Right. Because the minute you start going out and trying to buy properties as rental properties, which... By the way, you and I did a show on this like yeah, yeah. nine months ago or a year ago, yeah. like how to buy rental properties. Yeah. It's a really good show, and I would recommend anyone who's liking what we're doing here to go check out that episode. You're going to have to scroll through because we're at like episode 128, yeah, 129. Yeah. But you'll, you'll go find that, and probably one of the first 50 yeah. would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're talking about buying these as a primary home. So on conventional, though, conventional financing, if you're buying a triplex or a quadruplex, you're no longer going to be allowed to just put your 5% down. Hmm. They are going to want you to go ahead and um, put more money down, like okay. 25%. 25%. 25%, yeah. Right. And and as I'm sitting here and I'm thinking out loud, on the duplex, they're going to require 15% down. Okay. Yeah, 99% positive. Look, someone's going to fact, fact check me. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm spitting out numbers. I'm trying to retain information. <laughs> but I'm also trying to, to, to convey the overall concept. Like, imagine... Imagine if you're uh, getting out of the service right now. That's what. That, my, like, yeah. imagine being a veteran right now, right? So you're getting out of the service whether you did three years and you have three years of inactive reserves, or whether you've done 13 years or you've done 33 years, mm-hmm. right? But but you're exiting and you're going to go take on some kind of, of a civilian job, or maybe you don't need it. Maybe maybe your your pension, your retirement, maybe receiving some disability is a more than enough to, to cover to, to to cover your overhead, mm-hmm. but you don't own a property. You very well could go buy a quadruplex. Yeah. You live in one unit. You live in one side, and you rent out the other three sides. Mm. You stay in there for a year, maybe two. Maybe stay in there. you stay in there long enough to get all four units fixed up, right? Because if you fix them up, you increase the marketability. You can increase the rent, right. okay? And then you move out because it was cool living in a building with three other people who owned units in that building and you were the landlord, but it wasn't cool enough to make it forever. Mm -hmm. But you're able to enter and now you have this asset that maybe you purchased it for 750, 800, 900 grand. And now after living in it for a year or two, you leave it, you still own that asset. And maybe the asset's now worth 1.1 million and you're renting each unit for 900 bucks a month. Hmm. 900 times four is $3,600. And your mortgage payment on something like that may only be $3,000. So you're picking up $600 a month in cash flow hmm. on a property that is worth, you know, what I say you bought it for 900, yeah. but, but now maybe it's worth a million, right? So you have a property worth a million. And by the way, of, of that mortgage payment, those four tenants you have are paying down your loan right. by probably 12 grand a year, yeah. right? So you're like, you're seeing your home appreciate by maybe 20, $30,000 a year. People are paying down your loan by about 50, about $20,000. Mm-hmm. That's a $50,000 yeah. wealth built. Yeah. For doing what? Like, what are you doing? Are you working hard for that? I, would, no. I mean, you worked your ass off when you served our country. Right. But no. Yeah. No. And like, so now let's say that person goes out and maybe they were able because they lived well below their means. They saved enough money. Maybe now this time they go out and they just buy a duplex. And they're going to live in that duplex. 
Well, they have a VA loan currently on that quadruplex. Mm -hmm. They're now going to buy a duplex, and maybe they use an FHA loan for that one, put 3.5% down. Mm. So their first property they bought was 0% down. Their second property they're, they're buying with 3.5% down. A year later, they go out and buy a single-family home. They do conventional financing, put 5% down. Yeah. But now they have a, a four-unit property, totally rented, a two-unit property, totally rented, and now they have a single-family home that in a year they're going to rent. So in just five years, this person could have, we call them doors in the real estate world. Mm -hmm. Like how many doors do you have in your management? Like you're talking to someone who's into rentals. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't look at necessarily properties because some are two doors, some are four doors. Yeah. If you own an apartment complex, they could be 60 doors. But like someone could le legit have four doors from the quadruplex, two doors from the duplex, mm -hmm. one door from the single family. That's seven doors. That's... 900,000, that's 400,000, that's 300,000, 1.6 million in property mm -hmm. value, seven rental properties, and now they're just buying their, their, their forever house. Mm. And maybe they're cool with that. Maybe at that point, like, look, I have, a, I have a million one worth of real estate that's going up roughly two to 4% per year, mm -hmm. and it's cash flowing me right now about $1,000, which isn't a lot. Like, you're not gonna get rich off of cash flow in $1,000. Mm -mm. But if you think about the money you're making, how much money did they put into that into that quadruplex? Well, it was 0% down, so they paid their closing costs. Mm -hmm. Let's say that was 12 grand. They bought the duplex, it was 3.5% down. Let's say it was 3.5% down because it was a duplex, it was a $400,000 property. Okay, so that was roughly 15 grand plus closing costs are at 25 grand. So let's say they're 25 grand between down payment and closing cost on the duplex. They were, what I say, 10 grand. Mm -hmm. um, in the uh, first property, which was the quadruplex utilizing their VA benefits, right? So I'm 10 plus 25 mm -hmm. is 35. And on the single family home that they just bought, they put 5% down on a $500,000 property or $400,000 property plus closing costs is another 30. So 30 plus 35 is $65,000. Mm -hmm. So out of their pocket total was 65 grand. And by the way, they could have borrowed against their 401k for some of this. Right. Like mm -hmm. like you could leverage some of the assets that you have. You don't necessarily have to have it in checking and savings. You could borrow against your 401k for some of these purchases. Obviously, check with your 401k administrator to make sure that that this is OK. Mm -hmm. But at sixty five thousand dollars out of their pocket. They now are making. In this rough ball estimate, a thousand dollars a month in cash flow, mm -hmm. twelve thousand dollars a year, twelve grand a year on sixty five thousand dollar investment. Yeah, the ROI in that. That's like 20%. Yeah. And those three properties combined, now they don't have a whole lot of equity in them, right? Because they did 0% down, 3.5% yeah, yeah. down, 5% down. So they're they're not equity rich by any means. But that's about a million one total in property value, mm -hmm. right? If, if I did yeah, those, yeah. those numbers right somewhere, a million five, 3% of a million five, right? Because I said the, the quadruplex was 800 grand, the duplex was 400 grand, the single family home was, was 300 grand, mm -hmm. right? So that's... 1.5 million, if they go up in value by just 3% per year, that's $45,000 in appreciation. Oh, and by the way, those loans that they have are being paid down. One's being paid down by 10 grand a year. One's being, being paid down by uh, six grand a year. And one's being paid down by, by let's say four grand a year. Mm -hmm. So not only did their home values go up by 45,000, but their principal balance got paid down by 20,000. That's $65,000, John. What was their initial investment? Nothing. No. Oh, 65000 It was $65,000. Yeah. So you broke it? Yeah. Broke even. You got all your money back. Yeah. You got all your money back. You're playing with house money. Like, 
Now, I'm making it sound super easy. It's not that easy, right? Because owning a rental property comes with tenants. Tenants can, can be liabilities. They can be headaches. They can be pains in the asses. Mm-hmm. Homes break, period. Like, they just do, mm-hmm. right? You're buying a property. You have to be able to factor in that that property is going to cost you anywhere between 1% to 3% of its value mm-hmm. on an annual basis. So that $800,000 quadruplex that you bought, yeah, bro, it was cool that you bought it utilizing your VA benefits with 0% down. Mm-hmm. But what does a new roof cost on that? Oh. Yeah, 18 grand, mm-hmm. 20, 26 grand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is, what is an HVAC? What is AC and heat cost on those four units? Mm-hmm. Right, so there's definitely some things that, you have to take into consideration. You can't just, again, run with blinders yeah. on, full steam ahead. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, honey, I listened to Dio's episode on house hacking. I think, I think I'm think i on to something. Hear me out. Yeah, you definitely need to put in stop gaps. You need to be able to put a fence around yourself and protect yourself and yeah. understand that, yes, everything I'm teaching can be done, but it needs to be done deliberately yeah. and responsibly. Right. So understand that 1% to 3% rule, have you reserved for it? Have you factored in what are you going to do? Yeah. Are you going to be the person who manages these doors you now have under management? Or are you going to be someone who goes out and hires it? Property management. I love property management, but property management also takes some of the some of the gains mm-hmm. off the plate and puts it into their pocket. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's an ROI thing to me. Like, what's my time worth? Mm-hmm. And what am I paying someone else to do it? Mm-hmm. Because if I can pay them more uh, money to do a task that I feel like is below what my hourly rate is worth, and I can take that time I have saved and apply it towards Correct. finding the next property, uh, getting another designation so I can get a raise, mm-hmm. wh- go on another sales call, whatever the case may be. Right. right. So that's something that you just have to figure out. But the overall general consensus is understanding the concept of house hacking. Yeah. As, as basic as at 20 years old, Get with your parents, or maybe you qualify on your own. Hey, like my buddy Doug, Doug at 18 was working for the United Auto Workers Union. Hmm. Like his grandpa was union, his dad was union. When he turned 18, he had three opportunities, college, military, or union. Union. He said, F no to college, prefer not to do the military, I guess I'm going union. Mm -hmm. And he did. He's made a great career career out of it. He's going to retire from the union. Uh, So Doug owned a home at 20. He didn't need mom and dad to to, to Mm -hmm. co-sign. But I'm throwing it out there. If you do... And mom and dad are cool and you guys are on the same page mm. and you can sit down and have mom and dad listen to an episode like this where it's right. like, hey, think about the wealth I can generate in just five years time. That's, yeah. In just five years time, maybe mom and dad may need to help you with the down payment and closing cost. Maybe instead of them helping you with your college tuition, they ah. help you do this. Oh. Because maybe you can go get a student loan. And when you look at how much you're borrowing for the student loan, mm-hmm. instead of using mom and dad's money to pay for tuition, use your student loan to pay for tuition. Use mm-hmm. mom and dad's money for down payment and closing costs on the home that they're going to co-sign for you. There's an idea. Then rent that home out. Now, by the way, there are loan programs for mom and dad to be able to actually help you buy a house. Really? Yes. Yes. It's, it's, it's great for, let's say, um, you have an elderly parent. Mm-hmm who can't sustain on their own, which means they won't qualify on their own, but you want them to own their own house, you as John Coleman could use this loan product that we're using your income, your assets, and your credit profile to help your mom and dad buy a primary home for themselves. You can also do that with with a college student. Now, FHA back in the day called those kitty condos, Mm -hmm. but uh, there's actually a, a loan through Fannie Mae, so it's a conventional loan that would allow me to go, let's say my son decides to go to school in at Auburn, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And my son isn't really working. He's a full-time student. But 
maybe because he has cool parents, we helped him establish credit early on. And one way or the other, I can buy a primary home with my son being the borrower, but we're using my qualifications to have the file underwritten. Right, okay. There are loan programs that even allow for that. Hmm. Okay, but again, check with your loan officer. Um, all I'm trying to do is just teach you these concepts, introduce you to yeah. these concepts so that it's as basic as buying a house in your 20s and just renting it to your, to your uh, three buddies. Yeah. But then what if two years later you bought another one? But this time it was a duplex. Mm -hmm. And maybe somehow because you were a really good bartender, you saved your 15% down. Or you saved three and a half and you went FHA. And you lived in one side and you rented out the one room. Mm -hmm. You rented out the entire other side. So you still have three roommates, right? right? Now you just have a wall dividing you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? And you did that. And maybe your senior year, you graduated. And maybe you're making enough money and you had a cool girlfriend that she lived with you as mm -hmm. your roommate. But now you still have that first home that your parents helped you buy at 20. You had the duplex you bought at 22. Now at 24, you have the home that you and your girlfriend live yeah. in. And you're not planning on staying there. No. Now you live there for two years. Yeah. You're going to get a raise. She's going to raise hell. You might kick her out. <laughs> right? You never know that. Yeah. But, but you still have your third home by the time you're 26. Yeah. Like, you can do it at any age. And there's so many different combinations, right? I use the one of the veteran. Not everyone's going to be a veteran. Yeah. Right? Not everyone, everyone's going to be active duty. But if you are, look at that. Mm -hmm. Like, really consider what you could do. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's, there's active duty military. They get restationed every two to three years. Oh, yeah, that's a great point. Let's, let's buy a home in this market. And when I get transferred from North Carolina down to Fort Walton Beach, Florida, buy another house. But each time I'm keeping the last house. That's a, how many times? And then you, all of a sudden, I'm at home in North Carolina, San Diego, Fort Walton Beach, and Hawaii. Because I think when people innately are just like, oh, once I leave my house, i got to sell it. Because you sell your house. To you don't have it. to, no. I still own the first house my wife and I ever bought. Still own it. Did you plan on that, or is this something? Yeah, that... I kind of planned on it. Yeah, okay. like I've, I've been familiar with house hacking since 2004. Uh, 2004 is when I entered into the mortgage business, okay. and that, that was kind of the goal. Now, I ended up in a weird situation where at once I owed $230,000 on a home that was now worth one thirty. That's upside down. That is upside down severely. So I actually ended up renting the home more strategically because I'm like, look, if you I don't I don't want to go through a short sale. It's going to wreck my credit. Yeah. And quite honestly, it would have been the wrong thing to do because I can afford this payment. And I agreed to pay $230,000. It's just unfortunate the housing market mm -hmm. crashed. Um so I'm going to rent it. And I rented it. And what, what happened was the market came back mm -hmm. and someone else helped me pay down my loan. So go. now you go 10 years later. It's been exactly 10 years since I did this. I now owe 130 and the home is back to being worth 250. Oh. It was worth 200. It's appraised for like $260,000 in 2006. Mm -hmm. And then by 2011, it was worth 130,000. But I owe 230 on it, right? Because like when I when I did my loan, I left some equity. I'm like, yeah, I need some equity in there. But I didn't leave obviously 50% <laughs> yeah, equity. But yeah, so I still own that home, and I have no desire to get rid of it. Now I've had to do a new roof. I've had to do a new AC. Um, I've had you know tenants that passed away. I've had tenants that we had to sit down and have a heart to heart, which was like, look, I'll give you your freaking deposit back. Just, just get, get out, out of here. Just get out. Just get out of here. Like, <laughs> um, and I had the best tenants ever right now. Like the best. We purposely do not raise the rent. Oh. I could rent this house out for $200 more a month right now. Choose not to. Mm. I love them. They do a great job. They take care of my home. We take care of them. That's how life works in my opinion. Mm. I don't need that $200 a month more than I need great renters like we have. Right. You know, So it's a win-win situation. Yeah. Um, what I didn't do is I didn't continue down the hack. 
And we looked at it. Like we looked at like for me, my next hack would have been buying a beach condo. The beach is only 45 minutes away mm -hmm. from where you and I live. Mm -hmm. I could go buy a beach condo. I could put 10% down, right? Conventional financing allows me to buy a second home with 10% down. Mm -hmm. And I could have rented the condo every week I wasn't using it. Because maybe I just wanted it the whole month of July and one week of Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Okay, that leaves me like another 11, 10 months and four weeks that I could have rented it. Yeah. House hack. What if my rent covered my entire payment? Think about this. I bought a $400,000 beach condo. Out of my pocket was 50 grand. 10% down payment plus closing costs. And I was able to, at a minimum, just rent it to break even. Okay. Well, my family still got to use it the whole month of July for free. Mm -hmm. How much would it cost you to go rent a beach condo in the month of July in Florida? Chill, bro. Yeah, at least eight grand. Yeah. You know? Let's just say five grand. All right. And I got it the whole entire week of, of uh, Thanksgiving for free. Because, you know, mm -hmm. it's someone else is paying for it. And that $400,000 condo, let's say it only went up by 2.5% per year. Because condos historically don't appreciate at the same level that single-family homes mm -hmm. do. Well, 2.5% of four hundred grand is $20,000, if I did my math right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So my value is going up $20,000. Mm -hmm. My loan is being paid down. I have a loan on it. Mm -hmm. My loan is principal and interest. My loan is being paid down five, six grand a year, right? Year two, it's seven grand. Mm -hmm. Year year three, it's eight grand. Go study an amortization schedule and you can see how mortgage interest is front loaded. Mm -hmm. So the longer you have a mortgage, the more principal that goes goes down on it. But if I own that condo for 10 years, what's it gonna be worth in 10 years from now? And how much do I owe? I owe way less, it's worth way more. And I had a condo that I had basically, quote unquote, free use of use, the entire mm -hmm. free use of use. Mm -hmm. Free use of use. Free use. Uh, man, that's a tongue twister right just, there. I could use it when I want. All right, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, but you're following me, right? Yeah, like you're yeah. picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah. This is house hacking, ladies and gentlemen. Like this is how wealthy people think. I wish someone. This is how yeah. wealthy people think. This is shit you weren't talking about at the dinner table. They didn't teach you this in Mr. Boulay's twelfth grade economics class, mm -mm. right? That, that they didn't even teach it. In, in any business course that I took in college. I knew a lot of, in college, I knew a lot of kids, I would call them kids because you're a kid in college, that rented homes, nice homes, but they rented the homes. They No one owned it, but they had like four, five, six kids living in a house, nice house, but it would only take one of them to be like, hey, let's let's just buy this. Like like how long until you, you text and call your mom when, when we get done with this episode? Like WTF, mom. Nah, like sure. WTF, nah. like you're, you were you were a, a a kid from New England mm -hmm. going to school in Tampa, Florida, and yeah. your mom's in real estate. Did she buy a house for you and your friends to live in in Tampa? No, you didn't have friends, did you? That's all you need friends. God, to yes, it's that that F thing. You need friends, <laughs> right, to help pay it down. But no, if you think about that, that's true. Your your mom could have bought a home over there mm -hmm. with minimal money down. Yeah, had you live in it, you could have. But you don't like people either. I don't like people. But, but I mean, from a Financial standpoint, you would think, how much does it cost? Even if you live on campus in a dorm, outrageous amounts of money. Then you move off campus into a local apartment, outrageous amounts of money. And then you move into a house, and you're just throwing all this money away. So I could think, what what would it cost just in housing for my college career? I have. I, what would you say? What would you say, average? Like, if a kid lived on campus... Oh, housing? Yeah. I'm getting to figure this out because my son's an incoming junior in high school. Uh, so, like, this is going to be the year that uh -oh. we have to really start figuring this stuff out. 
my guess is like ten grand a year minimum. Right. Yeah, minimum. Thousand bucks a month, ten months out of ten months no, out of the year. Boring. That's I wish. It well, that, that's yeah. like living in one of those like apartments where it's a four bedroom apartment, two bath. Yeah. No, it's four bedroom apartment. Everyone has their own oh, room be, and bath. Yeah, but you said like Jack and Jill bathroom type. Yeah. Thing. Oh. Yeah, and it's like all inclusive water yeah. internet mm-hmm. cable. Mm-hmm. And I know those those guys and girls pay about a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. No, I mean, I know this. You could go rent my house, which is by UCF. Well, you can't because I have great tenants in it. But right. if I didn't, you could rent my house for probably eight hundred a month. It's a fourteen hundred, maybe fifteen hundred square foot, three bedroom, two and a half bath mm-hmm. on a quarter acre lot. It's only a ten minute drive to University of Central Florida. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so figure that out. You and two roommates would go rent that. It'd be six hundred bucks a month yeah. plus utilities, mm-hmm. uh, which would be water and electric, right? Yeah. And water and electric, and that house is going to be probably another five or six hundred dollars. A month, right. so split three ways. That's two hundred bucks on top of your six hundred. So yeah, it's eight hundred dollars. But that's a twelve month lease. So again, ten grand. Yeah, your number, John, is ten grand. Yeah. So yeah, anyone going off to college, anyone sending kids off to college, but I don't want to be these people that I despise on YouTube and on on the internet. No. Oh, it's so easy. No, it's not easy. Like if it was easy, everyone would do it. Mm-hmm. There is risk associated with it. You do have to factor in things like vacancy factors. What happens if mm-hmm. I have to evict somebody? What happens if it sits it sits unleashed for three months? Mm-hmm. What happens if mm-hmm. there's a hurricane and I didn't realize that my hurricane deductible was two percent, mm-hmm. which two percent on a three hundred thousand dollar home is six grand. Mm-hmm. You know, like you. I didn't have flood insurance, and I didn't realize that the idiot tenants, my son and his friends, by the way, yeah. uh, weren't taking care of the pool. We had a heavy storm. The pool overflowed, and the water seeped into my house, mm-hmm. which, by the way, that is called flood damage. And if you didn't have flood insurance, all that damage isn't covered, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you do have to factor in all of the what-ifs that go along with it. Yeah, but, yeah. What if I get laid off, right? Can I cover— my current housing payment plus all of these freaking rentals that I house hacked over the past 10 years. Right. Well, if you listen to what I said, and I didn't probably preface it enough, if every single time you did it, you set, a, you set aside a, a loss yeah. reserve account, like, okay, cool. Every single time you, you vacate a property, not only do you need down payment and closing costs on the new home, mm-hmm. you need to set six months of payments aside. Yeah. That, by the way, you don't use that because you got a DUI. Right, you don't use that, you know, because you knocked up your girl and you're going to do a shotgun wedding. Yeah. No, that money sits there yeah. forever until you sell the home, because that money is earmarked to to help cover any unexpected cost. Mm-hmm. Well, if I started this, think about it. If I started this in college, by the now I'm still relatively young, 36. I would have been, you know, I had enough at bats to where I could have had six properties under my belt and. Well, yeah, and how about this? Even if you got into to, to a financial situation, if you bought a home in 2011, you would have purchased it for 130 grand. You'd be selling it today for 300 grand. Yeah. So worst case, John, you're like, look, I'm kind of tight cash. I need uh, to go liquidate one of my one of my properties that has the most equity in it. Right. And then all my problems go away. Right. And that's something like like you know you don't necessarily get real estate forever. Right. There's certain homes that you start looking at it from a business standpoint, you're like ah. In about three years, it's going to need a new AC and about five years, a new roof. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I, I'm up 60 grand. I only put 10 grand into this home. I'm out. Yeah, maybe it's time for me to go ahead and, and take some money off the table. I can go parlay that into another another property. Mm-hmm. There's nothing says that you can't. And you can buy homes as investment properties. You're just going to put 25% down or 20% down when you do so. By house hacking, it lets you get in at a very low barrier yeah, of entry. That's yeah. the hack. Yeah. 
right? That the hack is being able to do it at a low barrier of entry. It just means that you have to be cool with moving every 12 to 24 months, hmm. right? That's, that is the hack. But this is house hacking 101. I imagine people are going to have a plethora of questions. Okay, the best thing that I can tell you to do, reach out to John Coleman, okay? John personally knows 50-plus mortgage loan originators who lend in like 48 different states. Solid. Okay, and even the two states that they don't touch, Alaska and New York. Pretty sure they know somebody who does. Uh, pretty, pretty sure they, we're connected. Yeah, pretty yep. Sure. So so if, if you want to talk to someone, let John know. John will get you in contact with someone that can spend time with you and really answer your most intimate questions. Mm -hmm. uh, this episode was nothing more but just to put the thought in your brain right. to get the wheels spinning so that you could potentially take this knowledge you learned to make yourself infinitely more wealthy than you would have been otherwise. Well said. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. and you have tuned into the Loan Officer Podcast. Thank you. If you've made it this far, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. Like us, share us, comment, give us show suggestions. Mm -hmm. We're just getting started. Oh, yeah. We plan on going nowhere fast. <laughs> we are going nowhere fast. We want to do more episodes like this, but we can only do so if our audience continues to grow. Yep. So people continue to tune in, like, share, comment, hit us up on social, follow us on social. We greatly appreciate everything that you're doing tuning in. We'll continue to put out great content if you continue to tune in. Yep. That's all we have for today. We'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.